everybody. I'm Maverick, not him. He's Goose. She's Carol. No, wait. He's Jester. I'm Viper. She's Charlie. This ain't Top Gun. This is Vikings Report through its head. Drewster, how are you? I feel the need. The need for speed. Ow. And I got the need. What do you got the need for, Ted? Son, your your body's writing checks that your brain can't cash or whatever it was he said. Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. I can't believe this. I can't believe I gotta give you your shot. I'm sending you two to Top Gun. I gotta give you your dream shot. I'm gonna send you up against the best. You two characters are going to Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun! What a great movie. Episode 56. The great Chris Dolman. Or another very good 56, E.J. Henderson. I knew you were going to mention Dolman. We got to bring out E.J. Henderson, too. Yes, E.J. Henderson. Matter of fact, that was a jersey that we gave away in the Vikings Report prize vault for one of our shows. We let people come into the prize vault. We just don't tell you what you're going to win. Yeah. You get to walk around in the prize vault. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Look at things and observe things and pick your own prize. And we don't shut the door behind you either. You, you get to come back out. We've had sure. people go in the prize vault. We've never seen them again. Got a good luck. Firing. Woo. How are you doing, Ted Glover? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing better than Goose after he ejected. That's for sure. Tunes, how are you tonight? I'm doing a lot better. Thank you. Yeah. Are you, yes. you feeling better this week? Yes. It's okay to talk to you and say hi this week? It is okay to talk to me. <laughs> I had the shot. There was no danger, so I took it. <laughs> good, good, good. But I want to say something. When I fly, I'll have you know that my crew and my plane come first. Well, I'm going to finish my sentence, Lieutenant. Drew just talked about how we don't tell you what prize you're going to get. You can walk through the vault. And I have picked out prizes for the live show on Wednesday. <laughs> See, everybody? We pre-choose your prizes to make it easy on you. Thanks, Drew. <laughs> Speaking of which, so we should probably mention this. We've got a live show coming up on both Thursday and Friday, the first two nights of the draft. We're not doing Saturday because rounds four through seven uh, are just mind-numbing to me. And I yeah. can't do it. But we are going to do the first night. We're going to do the first uh, Thursday night, the first round, and then Friday night, the second, third round. And it's going to be me. It's going to be Drew. It's going to be Christopher Gates, the Grand Pooblob Daily Norseman. And Toons is putting it all together. And we can't wait for you to join us. That is an all-star cast. You just had a taste of the live show we had, uh, what, three days ago. By the way, hell of a live show we just had. That was, that was a good time. You did. You had a great time. Especially how you started that show with all that action-packed information. Movie, so. Oh, is that what I did? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's almost like we're ahead, of, we're, we're ahead of time on this thing. We had a great time with the live show last Wednesday, talking about all that Viking news. Like we did on Wednesday, we are going to, on, on draft night, and both nights, we're going to have, we're going to take calls. We're going we're gonna to see how it goes, and, and you can give us opinions. And we're going to try and get as many opinions as we can once the Vikings pick, because there are a lot of opinions right now. You screw up just this much, 
You'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. Yes, sir. But right now... Drew? Ted? Drew? I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem and light this candle? He's right. Light this candle. Yes. Alright, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. This <laughs> <laughs> always makes me laugh my ass off. I love it. Oh. Alright. Now we talked about all the up-to-date Vikings news on Wednesday. So we are about as up-to-date as we can be. Yeah. We're going to do something a little bit different than than what we normally do no news this week but what we did a couple weeks ago is we interviewed a guy by the name of Corey Hollick Corey is an NFL prospect from University of Nebraska Kearney get a lot of great insights about just getting ready for the draft in general and and kind of a the view of a small school guy trying to make it in the NFL compared to some of the bigger schools uh, and give you his perspective and his take and what he's doing to get ready so here's our interview with Corey one of the cool things we want to do, and we're, we're kind of growing as a show, is that we want to talk to potential NFL prospects. And we have our first one on the show today. It's great. Corey Hollick is with us. Corey, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk to you guys about this. Corey's uh, offensive lineman from University of Nebraska, Kearney, Division II school, was uh, second team all MIA in 2019, and he is currently getting ready for the draft. Corey, again, welcome. And we hear this term all the time about, getting ready for the draft. What does a guy that wants to go to the NFL do on a daily basis to get ready for the NFL draft? So I'm actually out here at uh, Denver, Colorado at Landau Performance, pretty world, world-known draft prep place that a lot of guys come across the country. There's probably 30 of us here. But I mean, that's what it is. Right when your season's over, it honestly becomes a whirlwind. You have to sign an agent. You then, you and your agent discuss where you want to train. You move out here. You move away from everyone you know, everything you know. And you start doing this. And a lot of that is you're no longer a football player, to be honest with you. We, we train to be track athletes right now. We train to, you know, be good in the 40, good in the vertical jump, right? And, you know, that's a little bit different for people to hear, but that's honestly what it is. We, we come out here and we probably we lift, you know, hour and a half, two hours a day, and then hour, another hour of just, you know, working and perfecting the drills exactly how they want it to so we can be good at that, like the 40, the shuttle and stuff like that. So when you say drills, you mean specifically for the NFL combine or your pro day? Yep, exactly. Your shuttle, your three cone drill, your 40, you know, honestly, just getting every detail in that just so you can, you know, just milk every ounce of athletic potential you have. Because honestly, it's the biggest job interview of all of our lives that are about to go on and do this. So speaking of job interviews, have you done any of the, the mock like, you, you hear about guys getting called up to the hotel rooms, the teams, and they ask you, you know, you get these weird questions. Are you going through that process as well? Um, not really. Not not yet. I think that, that's going to happen a lot more after pro day is when they can have direct contact with you. But, I mean, when scouts come to the school or just, like, when you're in college, they'll ask you weird questions like that, just things that you just aren't used to. I mean, they'll go back and they'll look at your high school transcripts. I mean, look at your grades from high school and stuff like that. Like, they do their digging. Obviously, it's a billion-dollar industry. That's what they're going to do. And, I mean, it's just, obviously, for us younger guys, it's just a whirlwind. It's different. None of us have done it before. 
So were you a good student, Holly? Did you smoke weed? Huh? Did you smoke weed? You're going to get questions like that, I'm sure. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> if you're going to if you're gonna get all those old party videos, now's the time to put them on the down low, shall we? So one thing about you're a Division II guy. There's great po- football played at Division II, but it's it doesn't get the attention that FBS and FCS guys get. Yep. What do you as a Division II guy, first of all, did you have any other Division II guys you could you could reach out to to kind of get you steered along that path? And what do you have to do as a Division II guy to get out there and, and get your name out in, in the NFL world, as it were? I mean, I just think it's doing things just a little bit differently. It's uh, you got to dominate every snap. If you're not dominated against our level of competition, you're probably not going to make it. And I think that starts building up as probably a junior, senior. And I think what helps me, I was named an All-American this year. I've had over 40 career starts. And honestly, from our Division II conference, a lot of people say it is the best D2 conference in the nation. I mean, the Vikings have drafted two guys the last two years from our conference, Zach Davidson and Kyle Hinton. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's a great knowledge. Bring more knowledge than we got, Ted. Now, let me ask you that. Have, have you been able to reach out to those guys, say, hey, I'm an MIAA guy. Can, can you help me out? Is there kind of like a, a, a sort of a brotherhood in that Division II world up at the NFL level? No, I haven't talked to those guys directly. thought about reaching out to them. Those guys, I mean, I think 2020 was Zach Davidson and 2019 was Kyle Hinton. But um, guys who I've talked to is UNK's had about four guys the last – probably four years, uh, go through this path and do all that. And I've directly talked to them and um, just different things. Like we've had an offensive lineman who had a four-year career in the NFL, like talking to him about, you know, different stuff like that. And then we had guys who just had a tryout, you know, and just having those different perspectives, I think. And you're going to hear a lot of things. Every guy's going to hear a different thing. And I think it's what you want to take in and what you want to take advantage of. Because each person is going to have a different uh, piece of advice for what you sure. go through. Now, have you been invited to the NFL Combine? Does UNK have a pro day, or is it a like kind of a bigger regional pro day or, or Division II pro day? How is that going to work for you? I'm going to go to the University of Nebraska's pro day, March 22nd in Lincoln. I do have a conference pro day, but it's kind of close to Lincoln, so I won't. I probably won't attend that one. Just the body can't do that much and that close of days. But, uh, yeah, that's where we're going to be ending up, and hopefully, you know, those numbers – match up a lot and a lot better than a lot of the bigger school guys. I think that's big for me going into pro day, just showing that I can match a lot of things that other guys do. Have you gotten a, a draft grade or, or do you have an idea where you think you might be drafted? Has any team reached out to you yet by chance? Oh, my, my agent does a lot of that contacting teams and stuff, but it's going to be, I've heard later rounds to probably undrafted free agent, which is, I mean, if you're going later rounds, I'd rather pick where I'm going to go. Yeah. I mean, this draft class is big too. That doesn't help. Um, just with that COVID year and the extra guys, this is this is going to be one of the bigger draft class that the NFL has probably seen in a while. Now, you've played multiple positions on the line. Does that give you an advantage going into the combine and the pro day, or or is that a disadvantage because you have teams that are looking for a guy that can purely play tackle or guard or center? How, how do you feel that benefits or is a disadvantage to you? Uh, teams really like that about me. It's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. I can play – I mean, I play tackle a lot in college, but obviously D2, I'm a little bit shorter. So I'll be more interior. But just being able to play center and both guards, that's that's a big uh, that's a big thing for teams. Like if someone goes down, I can go in and any spot. Maybe someone will pick me instead of picking two other guys who just play guard or something. I just think that's big in my 
for me, especially just coming from D2, showing that I'll be able to do more things than just one. If you had your druthers, they, somebody drafted you and said, Corey, what position do you want to play? What position would it be? Center. I want to play center. I think center? that's uh, just there the key to the line. And there's center's fun, man. It's uh, you to do a lot more, I think. Can you come play center for the Vikings this year? <laughs> Please. You call him up and I'll come on all you, know, you know, the guy they got playing center is also – he can bounce from center to guard uh, Bradbury. Also, Wyatt Davis. He plays a little bit of center. So, yeah, I like that versatility. That's pretty cool that you're able to do that. Shows a lot of talent on your end. Thank you. What's it like to crush and pancake somebody? Sorry, I got to throw <laughs> that in there. Come on, Corey. Tell me, what's it like just to lay somebody out and give them a pancake job? the best feeling it's man it's, <laughs> you're moving you're moving someone against their will that's the best thing in the world that's cool. awesome that's, cool. that's awesome it's fair well i want to go back to something you said just a little bit earlier that you said if you were going to be either a late round or undrafted guy and if you had your way you'd rather be undrafted even though undrafted guys have a longer shot to make it than even a fourth or fifth round guy why why is that i mean you can pick your scheme you can pick you can pick where you think you fit best with maybe a coaching staff. I mean, a lot of people say that it's a lot of people's careers are dictated on where they go just from their coaching staff to the scheme. I mean, if I get drafted somewhere, I might not be comfortable there. And if I go undrafted, I can look at three teams. I can look, Hey man, they don't have a lot of depth here. I think I have the best chance of getting, making that roster spot here. Okay. I mean, obviously it'd be cool to get your name called. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Coolest thing in the world. But I mean, the end goal is to make that 53 man roster and it, continue my career as far as I can go what scheme do you play best in oh uh, like a outside zone scheme I would say inside zone you know stuff like that um the Vikings run an outside zone scheme. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying try, try, to, <laughs> try to be that athletic alignment I would say I just is okay. my biggest strong point so yeah all right I got I got one more question for you Corey and then we'll let you go if you had your druthers and, and 32 teams called you and said Corey we want you to play for us which team would it be, and why is that team the Minnesota Vikings? <laughs> what what team? If who'd you cheer for growing up? Who who's like your dream? The 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 one job? Like wow, I can't believe I'm playing for these guys in the NFL team. Um, honestly, the Denver Broncos. Big, okay, uh, big Broncos fan. But honestly, the Broncos are the Kansas City Chiefs. I know that sounds weird, but just being close to home and having my family, and my friends, being able to attend games and being close like that too. But I will tell you, my best buddy is a huge Vikings fan. Is he really? And yeah, <laughs> I haven't heard the end of it. So we'll see. <laughs> well, this is this is perfect that you're on this show because Quinn Miners got to the NFL because of Vikings Report. Yeah, there you go. See? <laughs> we did a spotlight on him last year. Yeah. Look at him now. Now he's in Denver. I think he's starting over there. Big Quinn. Good job. Yeah, he's good. Hey, man, that's a D3 guy right there. Yeah. yeah. Wisconsin Whitewater. Yo, it goes. And one of the guys. One of your favorite guys is uh, Colorado State, Pueblo, Ryan Jensen. Plays I mean, yeah. D2 to taking snaps from the freaking Tom Brady, bro. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's wild. There's guys everywhere who can play ball. Trust me. All right. Well, look, Corey, thanks for taking the time to spend some time with us. Good luck in your training. Good luck in your draft prep. Hope to see your name called on the weekend. We'll be definitely looking out for you and to see where you end up landing. Best of luck to you. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. You bet. Good luck, Corey. Yeah, Take care. Thank you, Corey.
Corey. <laughs> All right. I went to the danger zone. <laughs> that interview took my breath away. Oh, my God. If Corey's dreams come true, he'll be playing with the boys next year. I like that guy. That guy is excited about being a football player, isn't he? Yeah, and it's really interesting to see his perspective as a small school guy having to go to University of Nebraska's Pro Day. What I thought was interesting is when he said he would almost rather go undrafted than in the later rounds because he can kind of pick what offensive system best suits his game, which gives him, he thinks, a better chance to make the NFL the 53-man squad. Best of luck to Corey. I hope he makes it. He can say he got to start here on Vikings Report, Drew and Ted. Corey, you rock. Keep eating those pretzels, bro. (laughs) All right. So this week, our position group is the offensive tackle position. If you look at the current roster, it says Blake Randall, Christian Derrissaw, Rashad Hill, and Brian O'Neill. But Rashad Hill is going to leave you a free agency. So there's currently only three guys on the roster. Of all the issues we've talked about on the offensive line the last 12, 15 years, whatever it is, finally it appears that offensive tackle, kind of the two bookend positions, seem to be fairly set in stone for the Vikings. Would you agree there? I think uh, positionally speaking for the Minnesota Vikings, the tackle positions are the two most set positions. Yeah. that and The quarterback, since they figured that out last week. But uh, this is the one position why we're gonna probably going to be the fastest that we run through because those two spots are set with Derrissaw and O'Neal, but Rashad Hill, I kind of thought he would be here as a swing guy. As a I did too. What do they carry on the opening day roster? Four? Three, four? I believe they did, yeah. And then they had, a, I think, a guy like Dakota Dozier, which could play, you know, they, they like a guy, a backup guy to have position flexibility. We got the big boy Derrissaw. We got our boy O'Neal on the other side, who we both really like. He's a great player. And then we got the big beaver. Yeah, <laughs> big beaver. He Blake Brandle. The big beaver, Ted. Yeah. Primus, Winona. You know what I'm talking about. So the shirt you love this big brown beaver and I wish you did have a pair. I, I I don't actually. You don't know that Primus song? No. <laughs> when we talk on the phone, I call him the big beaver and he chuckles a little bit. He likes that. Oh, you you tight with the beaver, are you? Why beaver, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Show's off the rails. What are we doing? Just call it a night. Blake Brandle, <laughs> he's the big beaver. He played a little bit, and I don't remember him being terrible. I mean, he's a reserve offensive lineman in the NFL. He's not Christian Derrissaw. He's not Brian O'Neill, but he's not Dakota Dodger right. either. Not much competition when there's no other backups but you. He's got to play himself out of a job. I think he's going to be looked at as being the step up, at least make the roster. With free agency now underway, like it always seems to happen, the big names get signed. You know, they, it started happening during the, <laughs> the legal tampering period. When we look at the free agent list, is there anybody that you see out there that you think would be a good fit for the Vikings? Because I'll be honest with you, I don't think offensive tackle is is something the Vikings are really looking at, at least in free agency, unless it's like a real, real minor, low-level move. They're not looking at any of the starters. All those guys you see on there with the $4 million, $3 million range, they're going to need some bodies there, though. So yeah. 
if it did, it'd probably be a guy like Mitch Hyatt from Dallas. He's a possibility. Uh, he doesn't get paid much, but he's a pretty solid player. I had the Rams tackle Joe Noteboom down. He was the first guy I wrote down days ago, but then he got re-signed to a big contract because Whitworth is going to retire and he's going to take the left tackle spot with the Rams, but I thought they might be able to sneak him over. I don't know, Ted. I don't think they're going to go after any tackle in free agency. Let's get back and engage, Robert. Come on. Uh, it's no good. Get in there, Maverick. It's no good. For the let's run it back crowd, Riley Reef is a free agent. They could bring him back. That ain't going to happen. There's not a name that jumps out at me that makes me think the Vikings are going to be players for a tackle in free agency. They don't have a whole ton of cap space. They have other positions they need to answer before. And the starters are set. And, and the starters are set. So I, I would think this would be a prime position for the true punting big board, ladies and gentlemen. All right, talk to me, Goose. I love the drama on that, Ted. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do on the tackles today, Ted. What, what are we going to do? First off, it's a really good class. Maybe not quite as deep as the last class last year, but mm -hmm. certainly a lot of hybrid guys who can bounce out from tackle to guard or whatever, but it's a good tackle group, really solid tackle group. I enjoyed researching it. A lot of the stuff this year was kind of like an isolated retrack where they play the highlight, and then they'll go back slow motion. You can stop it and watch what the guy's doing and everything. Of course, we always look at last year to start off our draft coverage. Last year's draft, there was 25 offensive tackles taken dead, taken in the first round, including our very own Christian Derisaw from Virginia Tech, who I loved and had him as my number one tackle on the board besides Penny Sewell. Six taken in the second round, four taken in the third round, which left 11 taken in rounds four through seven. And that's kind of how I'm expecting it to unfold this year. Might not be exactly 25 taken this year, but it will be close because everybody likes to get those tackles early, Ted. They do. I mean, it's one of the most important positions on offense. They, I mean, the offensive line, as we have seen as Vikings fans, oh, <laughs> if your offensive line isn't set, your offense really isn't set. A lot of these names on here, I'm not even going to go over because we're not getting them. Okay. I don't think we're taking one at 12. And I think if we trade back to 18 or 20, which I'm hoping we do, I don't think we're taking one there either. No, I don't think so. Only way the Vikings are taking an offensive tackle in this draft is later on in the draft. So all these guys, one through 11, I did research on. I'm not going to go over it tonight, but I will have all my notes draft night when they do get taken in the first two rounds. We'll be live. We'll be talking live, and I'll have my information if somebody's watching wants to know about Iki Aquanu, Evan Neal, Falele, Trevor Penning, who I really like, Charles Cross, all really good players, but they're not going to be Vikings, so I'm not no, going to go over all the so wasted 20 minutes telling you about all these good things they're going to do if they're not going to be Vikings. I do have one question from these top 11 guys. If there is one that would drop, let's say somehow the Vikings end up with a fourth-round pick, just hypothetically, which one of those top 11 guys – could potentially fall that you could see if the Vikings had an interest in as a potential backup slash eventual replacement for somebody or a hybrid guy that could play guard or tackle. Probably the only one I could see maybe drop would be Rashid Walker from Penn State, but he, he's a pure left tackle. I don't see any of those guys dropping. One dude I would love to see wearing the purple and gold, Daniel Falele. That Minnesota guy, he's like 6'8", 370. Did you see the Minnesota Bowl game where they line him oh. up the fullback? <laughs> I call that guy the mountain. He's huge. He has absolutely no value to the Vikings whatsoever. The Vikings aren't going to take him. But that dude, line him up like Randall McDaniel or William the Refrigerator Perry back in the day. 
know what's funny about Falele, Tim, when, I was, when you watch his tape and you see any kind of play that was heading towards the perimeter that Minnesota was running, you have to stop the tape because it makes you laugh because it looks like a circus. <laughs> it looks like he's like 19 feet tall and never, taller than everybody else. And he's going to be a pure right tackle because his, his feet are a little slow. He has problems. Okay. He's going to have problems with fast edge guys. I mean, if we were just having a right tackle draft, he probably would have been number one. He's a very talented individual, but speed rushers are going to really cause that guy some problems. All right. I just wanted to mention him. I, I, I love that guy, and, and somehow if he were to end up on the Vikings, just as from a pure fan perspective. But okay, let's get to your mid to late round guys. The guys I wanted to go over tonight, Ted, were number 12, Darian Kennard, number 13, Sean Ryan, and number 14, Luke Gadecki. This is a tricky situation when you're doing – putting up these draft boards with the Drew draft boards because you go through all the tackles and you watch them play tackle. And after you do the film study, you go, you know what? That guy's not going to play tackle at the next level. He's a guard like Dalton Reisner or John, John Runyon. When you watch their tape at tackle, you knew they're, they're just more suited to play guard on the inside. So I think these guys, these guys, the three I just mentioned all played tackle at their college schools, but I think at the next level, there's no way they're playing tackle. They're going to play inside. And if the Vikings are going to take a guy, I think that's what they're going to be after, is a guy that can bounce at either position. Would that be because they're more athletic? Tackles are generally more athletic to play on the outside like that? Yeah, that, that's probably exactly why. It just seems like the athletic condition they have, the confidence they have, seems a lot higher. Because when you're inside, you don't need the arm length. You don't, you're not worried about an edge guy. Mm-hmm. You're more worried about somebody pressuring you, bull rushing you. So, sure. But these three guys, when I watched their tape, I said they're really solid tackles, but they look like guards to me. Darian Kennard, 6'4", 324 pounds. Guy trimmed his weight down a lot. Very quick in space, Ted. And I think when he does move inside, he's going to flourish at the guard position. Put together an excellent 2021. He's a sleeper that could be a nice value pick if he falls to the Vikings. We don't have a fourth rounder, right? We do have a fourth rounder. His name's Chris Herndon, and he's a backup tight end. Highway to the The danger zone. zone. Had some great, great plays at the Senior Bowl, but also had some clunkers at the Senior Bowl. But I like Kennard. I like guys who play tough. Anthony Herrera. Remember how tough that guy was? He was, yeah. I really like Sean Ryan. UCLA, 6'5", 320, Ted. Large, burly guy. When you look at him, some of those guys have a burly frame. He looks very smooth, but a lot of times his blocking schemes took him inside to begin with. A lot of times he was cutting inside and, and taking on the blitzer and stuff. And I'm thinking this guy would probably be a better guard than he would be a tackle, but very flexible player and very athletic. And when you watch Sean Ryan's tape, the way he stops the power of other people, mm-hmm. when it looks like people run into him, looks like you're hitting a brick wall. That's a good thing to see that he's not moved back very easily. Guys that can hold their ground and I don't know, there's probably some fancy thing about getting your foot anchored or something. There's probably what mechanical congruency within the sand in your pants. Maybe sand in yeah. your pants. Maybe that's what sand in your pants is. He's got a low center of gravity when he's playing inside a phone booth. <laughs> I would definitely take a flyer on Sean Ryan and maybe move him inside. I think he's a guy you could develop to get in there and play right away. Luke Gadecki, Central Michigan. You know, you noticed on my list, Ted, there's two guys from Central Michigan in the top 15. You're never going to see that in another year. No. The other guy, Rayman, premier, premier, maybe the top premier tackle in this draft. Probably has the most upside, but I'm not going to go back into those guys. Luke Gadecki, Central Michigan. Loved his hand extension. He, like, throws guys around like ragdolls. I like that. Very confident player. Very controlling on the offensive line and can get out and run. What was that first thing you liked is what? Hand extension. That's what she said. 
He gets, I'm sorry. I'm 12. I'm sorry. I don't know. You know, guys that get all cooped up and caught up, they're in the danger zone, Ted, and I don't like it. <laughs> Luke Gadecki's hands are like, he must have done some kind of, you know what they probably did, that slap. You seen that new slap boxing thing they got? I have seen that. Yeah. Gadecki, though, some guys made to play offensive line, Ted. And Luke Gadecki is one of those guys. I loved his tape. I love researching that guy. I will throw out Cordell Volson, who's a friend of our buddy Ryan Johnson, North Dakota State University. Yeah. Cordell Volson from North Dakota State, 6'6, 319, my number 15 on the list, could easily be about my number eight. 65 career games with North Dakota State. I watched him at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Watch him at the Combine. This guy is as fluid, athletic as they come, man. This is kind of cool footage that I found on him. I will say this. He's a small school guy, but he plays past the whistle. He likes to finish his plays pancaking people, maybe after the whistle. He's got a mean streak, and players who have a mean streak always stand out on my list, which is the meanest player on my tackle list is number four, Trevor Penning. That guy needs anger counseling on the field. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I loved watching every minute of it. He is a he is a mean-ass player. That about covers all my tackles. Like I said, a lot of these guys, the, the guys, the first 10 guys in that list aren't going to be around. They're not going to be Vikings. And unless they're really targeting tackle position, I don't think they're going to take one, do you? No, just assuming the Vikings somehow get a fourth-round pick. I would argue even the fourth round might be That's might too, too early. I, I think it's if it's going to be fifth round or later, if not a couple of undrafted free agents, just to see if they can find somebody to maybe groom and, and get to a roster spot. But, you know, barring something unforeseen happening, like one of these guys getting hurt during minicamp or whatever, I just don't see offensive tackle position being a, a real big priority for the Vikings this year, whether it's the draft or free agency. That does it for my tackles. Let's throw up the Drew Big Board one last time because I like looking at the Drew Big Board. All these tackles will be drafted. And I'm feeling pretty confident saying that. By saying that, this will be the 15 out of the 25 taken. <laughs> we'll go over that draft night. Like I said, I got notes on all these guys. Really fun watching them all. All right, Drew, uh, once again, another great segment. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we, we will be right back with trivia and then wrap the show up. It's hard to find an expert more dedicated than John Clayton. He's the consummate pro. We'll see how the 4-3 and the cover three work together. John Clayton with the lead. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Whenever we need a brilliant insight, he's available at the drop of a hat. Hey, Ma! I'm done with my segment! The funny thing, how I found out, my, my guy, that one of the guys that sets me up at the Raiders Stadium for the Raider games texted me yesterday he's like have you seen this john clayton promo i'm like no and we were busy you know we played for like four hours yesterday um and when i got back to the room i checked it out online and i, I knew it had to be something like that <laughs> for him to send it to me and you know <laughs> he's, he's, you gotta see it it's awesome Welcome to Tunes' Trivia. How are you guys doing? Doing good, Tunes. How are you? I'm doing good. Hi, Tunes. Hi, Drew. <laughs> That's just like a, I'm just tolerating you. 
Hi, Drew. Uh, <laughs> sure, Jan. <laughs> All right. Okay, what about... Unbelievable. What are the, category, what are the categories today? <laughs> All right, folks, we're back to the old days of Drew interrupting me. Can I talk now? Okay. Here's today's categories. Top Gun. NFL players arrested for their top guns. And who do these guns belong to? This is going to be a photo category where you're going to have to identify the Viking player. All right. And their biceps. Under? Little thunder? <laughs> lightning. All right. Let's start out with Top Gun. What does Maverick say to Goose in the bar to let him know it was time to sing to someone? Uh, it's time for that love and feeling. Close enough. Close enough. Totally. I am leaning on Ted Glover to sweep this thing because I don't have any idea. All right. Who was the first person to win the Top Gun trophy? Uh, it was Viper, the commander of the Top Gun squadron. Yes. Yes. Good That's job. That's what I All was right. going to say. Viper. Two for two. What is the name of the aircraft the Maverick flies throughout Top Gun? A 14 Tomcat. Ted. Going for the sweep. All right. 400. What is the song that Goose plays on the piano in the bar? Piano Man by Billy Joel. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire! <laughs> you shake my nerves and you rattle my brain? Take me to bed or lose me forever, honey. You lost your camera, Ted. Take me to bed or lose me forever, honey. All right, Ted swept that category. That was good. Let's see if you guys have some good knowledge on criminal NFL players. Now this is all NFL, not just the Vikings. Which Kansas City Chiefs player was arrested in June 21 in Los Angeles for allegedly having a submachine gun in his car? 2021? I never even heard about that. Um, why would you have a machine gun in your car? <laughs> I, I mean, the Chiefs have a bunch of convicts and white beaters. How about Tyreek Hill? Let's throw that name out there. All right, I'll go with that. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. The answer is Frank Clark. Really? Wow. We don't want to talk about what school he went to. Go to question two. <laughs> Hail to the machine gun, Valiant. <laughs> All right. In June 2021, this Giants player pleaded guilty to gun-related charges stemming from arrest in Ohio. Jeez. Giants player. Uh, Ohio. You know, I'm going to say Eli Apple because he's the Ohio guy, played for the Giants, got drafted by them. I don't remember. But that's the only guy I can think of off the top of my head. I don't even have a guess. The answer is Sam Beal. Okay, I got my toolbox. I got my jumper cables. I got my machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, another Chiefs player was released in January 22 after he reportedly pulled a gun on a valet driver. Sean Breland. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I don't think we got it either. No, I don't think so. The answer is Damon Arnett. The guy that was on the Raiders that got cut for being a troublemaker. Yeah, played at Ohio State. So Michigan and Ohio State have made this category. We're very proud. Very dubious list to make. We're very proud of them. And the one guess, one guy we guessed wrong was another Ohio State dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In November 21, this Eagles player was arrested on two counts of gun possession during a felony. There's a lot of guys with guns, Ted. Yeah. I don't know. No I, I was waiting for Flesh to go Burris. That's what I was waiting I was for. Too. <laughs> yeah, he actually didn't come up in my Google search, believe it or not. Nigel Bradham. Nigel. Not a smart move on your part. Okay, well, hopefully you'll do better on this one. So you're going to see a picture of a Vikings player, and you just have to identify him. 
Okay. Current or or any era? Any era, and they're all offensive linemen. Okay. Name the player. <laughs> uh, I like the eyes. <laughs> Got the little blue eyes. <laughs> looks like Garrett Bradbury, doesn't looks it? Looks like something out of a Stephen King movie. <laughs> I think that is. That's cool, Bradbury. That was Riley Reese. Oh, oh. like the blue eyes. Custom. <laughs> Freaking lasers. <laughs> Who is this? Derisaw. No, Ted. You have a guess? Rashad Hill. Um, that no, that's like that's like the late '90s uniform. Um, I'm gonna go with Dave Dixon. That is Corey Stringer. No way. Yep. All right, here we go. We're not three hundred. Oh, That's Todd Stucy. That is Todd Stucy, correct. Todd Stucy was a tackle? He was, yeah, left tackle. I always think of him as a guard. All right, last one. Who do these guns belong to? Ron Yeri. Yeah, that's Ron Yeri. That is Ed White. If it wasn't for you getting the top gun, we would have got swept tonight. Yeah, we got smoked. All right. Thank you guys for playing. We will see you next week. Thanks very much. Tunes appreciate it. All right. Kind of a bit of an abbreviated version for the show tonight. I hope you liked the interview with Corey Pollock. Good luck, Corey. Hope to run into you down the line. Episode 56 is in the books. Thanks, everybody who watches, who subscribes. Who I, I hope you enjoyed our, our live show on Wednesday. Don't forget, we got a live show coming up the first two nights of the draft, April 28th and 29th, that Thursday and Friday. Vikings free agency rolls on. We'll be back with kind of a more regular show next week. When we talk about the news and everything else. Hopefully we can get some more interviews headed your way. We've got one in the bag already with a couple of promising players from Tennessee state. We'll be showing that showing you that in a couple of weeks. Drewster, take us home. Very, very fun doing the top gun stuff tonight. Ted brought back some memories and uh, covering the tackles. Got, even though it doesn't seem like the Vikings will take one, it's still always interesting and you still never know because as we've been finding out recently, and you'll agree, football is a wicked, wicked mistress. Yeah. Thanks for being the best host in the business. Next week, we're covering the centers and the guards because that is the interior of the offensive line, the centers and the guards. I will see you next week. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs>